What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to yet another episode of Got Fit in Japan, and I'm oh Johnny. And actually, I'm here with a special guest. Actually, whenever we have a guest, it's always a special guest. So our guest today is Gabuchan. Gabuchan, you gonna go with that? <laughs> yeah, why not? That's All what right. everybody calls me. Gabuchan, Gabuchan. Can I call you your real name? Of course. It's kind of yeah. weird. <laughs> Gabuchan. It's like like. Like, I, I got a lot of friends who are DJs. When yeah. I have to call somebody like, um, oh, I'm not going to say their names, but if I got to call somebody like Cobra Commander, it's kind of weird. I'm like, so uh, Cobra Commander, we're going to get a couple of beers later. <laughs> hey, who wants to do shots? Um, Sphinx, you want to do a shot? DJ names are fucking weird sometimes. I mean, who names himself Cobra Commander? Actually, a DJ name is the only name that you can give yourself your own nickname. Because usually you get your, you get a nickname from like either your, your friends, your enemies, your parents, you know, like. Shitbag. Nobody names yeah. themselves shitbag, right? Not that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't met him yet. <laughs> no, no, no. But Gabuja, how'd you get that name, by the way? Do people just call you that, or? Um, Puffy named me that. They gave me that nickname. Puffy Yumi. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay, fucking, we're gonna go deep. All right. <laughs> Faders, uh, this is episode number uh, 259. Yes, 259. Jesus Christ, we're still here. And um, in today's episode, I think it might be an A side, B side. So in this episode, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do an interview. We're gonna hang out, and then uh, we're gonna do a little bit of the news. We got three fucking crazy stories here that we're gonna go, that we're gonna break down pretty much. Gangsters, prostitution, and trick or treating. It's gonna be fucking nuts. Oh, by the way. Uh, Happy Halloween, fitters. Happy Halloween. If you're getting this uh, on the 31st or after the 31st, happy Halloween. So, Gabe, you're here. I'm here. Gabe Uchan, you're here. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, how do we meet? We met at a record store that we both worked at, mm. Amoeba Music in San Francisco. That's right. That's right. And I still work there. <laughs> you still work there? All these years later. Oh, man. Dude, I fucking love Amoeba. I, I reference it every so often on this show and stuff. Amoeba, even though when I worked there, I didn't like my job per se, because I was basically like putting CDs into fucking like little plastic things and shit or whatever. Oh, yeah. But um, I, I really, really enjoyed all the people that I worked with. And I had some really great times there. I saw a lot of... I fucking... I got to meet fucking uh, the Pixies there, or at least Frank Black and shit, mm-hmm. Mixmaster Mike and stuff, I, Puffy. So I've got a, a lot of really amazing experiences. And the people that I worked with were fucking fantastic. It was it was a real special time. Although waking up and shit at around 10 o'clock and being like, oh God, I gotta go to my job. <laughs> yeah, that early 10 a.m. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Now we open at 11, so. You guys open at 11 now? Yeah. Holy shit. I should have asked you for a shirt. You know, I still got my Amoeba shirt, by the way. Oh, I should have brought one. God damn it. Checks in the mail. Checks in the mail? <laughs> nice. Usually that means a bad thing. <laughs> mm. All right. So you've been here You've been here five times, four times, six times? This is my sixth. Sixth time coming to Japan. All right. How did you get involved in Japan? I mean, you, you referenced Puffy Amayumi, but what was the start? Um, the start was probably the boredoms. Um, I learned through the boredoms about Japanese music. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a crazy band. I never heard. They were doing crazy stuff back then. Oh, yeah. In the I, 90s. And mm-hmm. then I found, then Chibomato came out and they were more pop side but and hip hop and they were really cool. Mm-hmm. And I got, I was really fascinated. I really liked Miho Hattori's voice. I really liked the Japanese girl singer voice. Mm-hmm. And then I liked the crazy genre blending that wasn't so prevalent in the United States back then. 
So that's what kind of sent me on my mission. And then I found, when I started working at Amoeba in the late 90s, I discovered Puffy and I I discovered other CDs. I just started going deep. I started looking at Space Streakings, Mount Banana, Mm -hmm. um, Judy and Mary. I just started slowly evolving and finding more and more about Japanese music from pop to experimental avant-garde kind of stuff. And this is before the internet, so fucking you really had to dig. Yeah, yeah, the internet wasn't a useful resource back then, so you had to do magazines, find other people. It was just a lot of digging. Mm -hmm. It wasn't easy. It wasn't a Google search away. Yeah, I guess we're kind of spoiled now. I mean, whatever you want and shit. I mean, fucking, it's like a no-brainer. Like, I want to research Korean pop, Google, and then fucking you got everything, right? But back then, I mean, you really had to fucking meet people and talk to people and go to shows and underground parties and stuff like that, right? Yeah, there was a, a zine, I think. It was a mostly girl group zine. This woman, she, I forget her name now, but she was like one of the main people into J-pop back in the early ni- late 90s, early 2000s. And mm-hmm. she pretty much laid it out and turned me on to a whole bunch of stuff. Really? Yeah. So, And she does comps now. I wish I could remember her name. That would be useful. But... Um, yeah, she she was instrumental in me discovering more, going deeper with Japanese pop once I got a, a taste for it. That's pretty sweet, man. That's that's actually really awesome. Fucking, I, I remember zines. Fucking Got Fitted Japan actually started as a zine, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, and that's like way back in the day. That's like 10 years ago, I think. But yeah, that's, that's dude, fucking awesome. And then from there, like, so you started getting into it and stuff. How did you get involved with actually meeting like a lot of the bands and managers and stuff like that? Um, well, I guess I just started going to a lot of shows. In the late 90s, there was a, this band, X-Girl, that I really liked. And I they were playing a lot with this band, Ask Baboons of Venus, which um, was fronted by a famous Japanese comedian, Naoko Nozawa. Mm-hmm. She was on, like, she was up there with uh, the Hey, 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 Machan and Hamachan. She was contemporaries of those guys. Mm-hmm. So she was, um, she left... She had left Japan and kind of disappeared, and she was in this band with her her crazy husband, Bob. Uh, Asked Baboons of Venus, I got to know them, and then I was worked on this movie starring X-Girl, so mm-hmm. I just started meeting people. Since she was famous, she knew a lot of people, and I started meeting producers and bands more often, mm-hmm. and started using, you know, started networking and just meeting more and more bands, so that was like my gateway. And then I met Gaji, a band that no longer exists, mm-hmm. that was really great, and... Um, yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there. Sweet, dude. And how did you get involved with uh, with uh, Puffy and Miyumi? Um, well, I was just I, I was super aware of them, and I knew they were coming to the United States. So I was I just got with Amoeba's Booker, and I said, "You have to bring this band in," mm-hmm. and she did. And then I was going to all the shows, so their management saw me, mm-hmm. and we're like, "Oh, you're at all the shows. Hey, come talk to us. Come meet them. Come." And that's how that happened. And then I I got to know a lot of uh, Sony people that worked for Sony well through that mm-hmm. process. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, dude, I was at the Puffy Amiumi show and shit. I remember like, uh, what's her name? Katie? Kathleen? Kate? Kayla? Caitlin? No, no, no. Kathy. It's Kathy. Kathy, yeah. Does she still work there? Oh yeah, she's the manager. Holy shit. She was the manager when I worked there. But um, yeah, I remember her saying something to me like, like, you speak Japanese. And I and like fucking, like, if they say you speak Japanese, you're like, yes. Because <laughs> that means only good things can happen. I mean, if you say no, fucking the door is shut, right? So I said, yeah, and she's like, okay, when Puffy comes or Puffy Amiyumi comes and stuff, you have to talk to them. And I was like, all right, you know, because like back then and stuff, I had a huge amount of Japanese friends in Frisco, right? 
on my circle. And so if I can remember when they came and shit, they had their big bus that was in front of like the shop and stuff. I went upstairs and I saw them and I was like, Mizu ski desu <laughs> Do you like water? And they're like, yeah, we like water. And I was like, nailed it. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was pretty awesome and shit. And that was actually a really good show and stuff. Well, that was uh, excellent. That was one of the top shows there at Amoeba. That place was so packed. There yeah. were so many people there. That's the highest. I think that's the highest we had for sales at an in-store. Yeah, that was that was absolutely nuts. I mean, people were going ecstatic. I remember I broke up with that one girl that I was dating right before that show, and she showed up and stuff, and I was like, maybe we can get it back together. <laughs> Guess what, faders? Didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, but that was crazy. I mean... Dude, we've had some amazing acts there. We had Phantomos. Yeah, Phantomos. Phantomos. Oh, dude, I fucking love that band. And uh, who's the lead singer of that band? What's his name? Mike. Um, Mike Patton. Mike Patton. Yeah. Oh, dude, that was such a great show. Him, Mixmaster Mike was always, of course, phenomenal and shit. When he scratched, I've never seen anybody pick up a slip mat with a record on top of it and scratch while the fucking record arm is fucking at a forty-five degree <laughs> angle. And I was just like, how is that fucking possible? The things that have happened at Amoeba is just fucking magical, man. And that's that's one of the things I miss about Amoeba. We, we had Amoeba conversation last night. And, um, yeah, you guys missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're drunk enough to talk about fucking uh, Amoeba again. But, dude, that was that was an amazing time. Yeah, it was a, it was a great era for Amoeba. Mm, yeah, so you got involved with um, with Puffy Amiyumi and, like, a lot of other bands and stuff. How did you wind up coming out here like six times? Was it like through like that and you came out here to work well, or? My first time was in 2001. Um, I had studied a little Japanese, like maybe a year's worth. I didn't really know anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I came out with some friends and I was dating a Japanese girl. So we stayed with her parents and. Oh, wow. And uh, that was intense. And yeah. <laughs> Wait, was that a good situation or a bad situation? Because usually, I mean, it, it could go either way when you meet, like, the, the parents of, like, a Japanese girl on here. They're like, this is my boyfriend. The parents are like, we're going to hate you from now on. You're like, oh, shit. Or it they could be were, pretty awesome. They were cordial. I'll say that. Okay. They, I don't think they like me too much. Just yeah. not for, just because of who I was. not be, Or just be, the idea of me more than who I was. Oh, really? This is before beard, too, right? Oh, yeah. I was clean shaven back then. Oh, really? Oh, if you showed up with a beard and stuff to meet the parents, the parents would be like... Yeah, now <laughs> bring a crazy bum home. But uh, yeah, just I don't think they were thrilled, but they were nice, and we stayed at their place. That's cool. Free rent is always awesome. Yeah, and that was in the Ibaraki Prefecture, Iwase. Oh, there's an Ibaraki. Yeah. Oh, Ibaraki's nice. Yeah, it was really pretty. And so then we came out to Tokyo. Well, we actually stayed in Chiba because our friend was living there, so we take the train in every day and. He, he was a DJ, so he got us tickets to see Puffy. Oh. So I went to two nights of Puffy and Shibuya that year. And that was the first time I saw him. So That's it was awesome. pretty much. And then I met with uh, my friends in Gaji. And they I went out and had dinner with them. And that was fun. Cool. Very cool. So, And then I came back to America. I went back to America and started studying more Japanese. Awesome. And here you are. <laughs> what are you here. doing this time out? Other than hanging out with me and getting faded in Shibuya. Um, so like four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I uh, I was invited um, to speak on a panel about selling Japanese music to America mm-hmm. or 
to the American market or international market. So I was brought in by Rob Schwartz from Billboard mm-hmm. to be on the panel. Cool. So uh, it's part of the TIMM, I think it stands for uh, Tokyo International Music Mart. I think I'm wrong on that Mart part, mm-hmm. but TIMM was the uh, event. And so I, I was just, I spoke on a panel the first thing for an hour. Um, I didn't speak for the entire hour, luckily. <laughs> mm. But, um, and then I just was watching tons of bands and meeting labels and mm-hmm. artists. It was a cool event. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Which bands did you see? I saw uh, Sakai no Owari, uh, Old Codex, Scandal. Oh, Scandal! Yeah, they were cool. Scandal's so hot. <laughs> They're so hot. Even the ugly one is super hot. There is no <laughs> ugly one. <laughs> yeah, they were, they're really nice. And... Uh, and then I saw, oh, S-Play and Charisma.com. Those are two that really stood out. Mm-hmm. There was a whole bunch. And it was a little showcases of 15, minute, um, 15 minutes each. But those are the two that really stood out. There was a I wish I remembered his name. I have it. I should have brought my notes. But mm-hmm. uh, he did visual Anka. He was like a visual K-drummer. Oh, shit. Band. Uh-huh. And then he was doing Anka. And he was really charismatic. And he was, he was fun. Nice. You want some whiskey, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, cheers. Cheers. By the way, thank you for bringing this whiskey in. What is this? Bullet rye? Yeah, bullet bourbon. Bullet rye bourbon. Dude, fucking, I'm usually not a bourbon drinker. I'm more of a scotch person, but I fucking love this shit. Straight 95% rye mash whiskey. Oh, yeah. dude, this is fucking great. This is your favorite uh, bourbon, by the way? Oh Yeah, that, that's my favorite. So I thought, you probably don't see it... You could probably get it out here, I imagine, but I, I don't know if you see it very often. You no. have to go looking for it. So. No, no. I think the go-to bourbon out here is either Jim Beam, uh, Four Roses, or sometimes Maker's Mark. But they're all fucking expensive. Yeah, Maker's Mark is Maker's Mark is really good. I yeah, like that one too. But this this is the stuff. No, Even this bullet, is just great. regular bourbon is awesome. Mm. But the the rye is where it's at. Mm. I'm loving this shit. <laughs> I went to a club last night before we hung out and shit, and fucking I put it like, I filled up a, like a, a, a flask that holds about a fifth and shit, and I was there just sucking on that all night and shit, and like giving shots out to my friends and stuff, and they fucking loved it, they're like, what is this? I'm like, dude, this is fucking bourbon. Oh man, it was fucking dope. So mm. good. Mm. I just sit here and just drink it all day long. <laughs> oh man. So... That's pretty sweet. And are you still on good terms with Puffy and stuff? Are you bringing them out again? Or I fucking love I Puffy. Puffy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't really... I haven't seen them for years. Um, I've talked to some people at Sony. We'll see. I don't know. Mm. Um, I think people would like to bring them back to America, but I don't know if that's possible. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Puff, I haven't seen Ami or Yumi in years. Like, yeah. I, I don't have like a super personal relationship. It's more mm. like, oh, hey, you know, it's like, not oh, like, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. we don't hang out and drink or anything. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Mm. But we're, we're really friendly when we see each other. It's really, so, yeah. That's cool, man. I, I'm sure they meet so many people. So for them to recognize you and remember you and shit, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, cool. I, I asked them if they liked water and shit. I, I don't think they remember me. <laughs> I took a photo with them and shit doing karate poses because they said they like karate. I probably said, karate ski to ska. And they're like, yes, we like karate. I'm like, oh shit, dude. We're communicating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were, they were really cute. They were good people. Good peoples. I heard a rumor that they don't like each other. They don't work well together. Is that true? 
I don't know. I haven't heard. I, I don't think so. I don't think that's you don't true. think so? Yeah, I guess I it's kind of like a local rumor here. I don't know. Well, yeah, I haven't heard that one, but I haven't been looking. I kind of, mm. I made up my mind about artists I like a lot. I try not to read too much about their personal lives. Yeah. Yeah, because then you'll, I liked R. Kelly, and then I found too much out, and now I can't listen to R. Kelly anymore. Wait, doesn't he pee on girls or something? He's a sexual predator. He's he likes to go predator. junior high school. What? Yeah. Junior high schools? Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah, there's tons because, of he, dog, because he has a daughter. See, I've been out of yeah. the loop for so long. This is probably like old news. Like everybody that's listening, they're like, "Yeah, Johnny, you fucking know that. You should know this, right?" I'm like, I don't watch the news anymore. Well, dude. he was he was about to become popular again in America, and uh, he was getting favorable press from like, um, what is that? Uh, <clears throat> that that zine or not zine, but that music site, the real hip one. Oh man, I've had too much to drink. I'm hungover. Um, yeah, dude, don't worry about it. Yeah, anyways, so, getting, he was on the look, internet. He was popular. <laughs> well, he was. He did Saturday Night Live with Lady Gaga. He was like Whoa. coming back mainstream hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Village Voice did this interview with a guy who's been documenting all the sexual abuse he's done. Really, through court records that no one's been paying attention to, and it and it just was like I'd seen him twice. I was a big R. Kelly fan, and I just oh man. It's like you can pee on a girl once, I don't care, but like if you pee on girls all the time and you just that's what you're doing. You you, you experiment and then you go home, right? Yeah. And I don't know, man. That's that's pretty weird. That's that's it's some twisted. Thailand kind of shit. It's twisted, yeah, it's some Gary Glitter kinda kinda stuff. So just think every time Mark Kelly's thinking of singing about sex, he means a twelve year old girl. That that I, I don't listen to him, but that kinda just ruined it because I was like, you know, maybe I'll give him a shot. <laughs> No, I'm just like, no, dude. <laughs> yeah, I had to I had to stop cold turkey and I was a big fan. Oh, that's so fucked up. Okay, well that's a good thing that you're lo- no longer a fan, I guess. But Puff Yumi is doing great. <laughs> yeah. When they sing about love, they mean it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> they check ID. <laughs> I think but, they're both married, right? <laughs> yeah. They're both married. They have... Ami has some kids, I think. Wow. Wow, that's wild. Then again, I guess like anybody that age has been in the business for like what, like 20, 25 years and stuff. They're gonna have their twentieth anniversary next year, I believe. Yeah, mm. she's married to that, or she's married to the guy from Glay. I don't know his name. <laughs> Some guy. He's in a band. Whatever. Called Glay. Called Glay. Wait, it's not Clay, but it's Glay. G L A Y. Glay. You haven't heard of Glay? No, I don't have. See, that's the thing about <laughs> Japanese bands and stuff. The, 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 the most famous band that's like uh, has like a billion CDs is called Smap S M A P, but I think they misspelled it because I thought they meant Snap, right? And Glay could mean well, it could go either way if you think about the spelling. You know, it could be Clay, could be something else. You know, but I mean, so I think like a lot of Japanese bands are kind of weird like that, maybe. Oh, this whiskey's good, by the way. Holy shit. Yeah, it's Fucking really delicious. I love day fading. I love drinking during the day. <laughs> Why wait until night when there's daylights, right? Come on. <laughs> mm. So, what is your opinion? Do you think Japanese or J-pop can become popular in, like, the United States or overseas? Because, I mean, right now, like, dude, get this. This is fucking crazy. My my wife and I, when we went back to, uh, what's called, Michigan, we went to this uh, town called Ann Arbor. It's got this college uh, there or whatever. University of Michigan. So we went there and stuff, and we went shopping in this this mall called Briarwood and stuff. And they had this Payless shoe store, right? And we're looking for Converse, like really cheap discounted Converse because they're fucking expensive here, right? So 
Anyway, we go in there and stuff like that, and we're asking like the, the staff, these 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 dudes and shit. We're like, yeah, do you have Converse? And they're like, oh, we might have Vans, blah 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 and stuff. And then one of the chicks that that was working there asked my wife if she was Japanese. My out of the blue, and I'm like, wow, fucking good, right? I can't believe she recognized. You know, my wife's like, yeah, Japanese. And they started like the they, they, they named off like. I can't remember how many animes, but at least like like a handful of animes. Like, oh, we like we like this anime and that anime and that anime and this anime and blah 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 blah. And my wife had no idea what they were and stuff because like these kids were really really mega deep otaku. into anime. Yeah, like mad otaku, right? And fucking the only one that I think my wife got was uh, One Piece, you know. And of course I know One Piece. I don't know One Piece. That's not, that's a bathing suit. I am going. Well, yeah, that is a bathing suit. <laughs> now I like it even better. <laughs> no, 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 no. But is that a um, mobile suit or something? No, no. One Piece. I'll, 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 dude, I'll school you later, man. One Piece is fucking awesome. I don't dude, know anime from anything. My point being is, like, if we're going to like like a little city in Michigan and stuff, and and like the like two kids are fucking like like the college kids are fucking mad deep into anime, where they know more anime than my wife, who, who used to read comics all the time and shit. Maybe there's like a chance that J-pop can blow up in the States. What do you think? Well, I think it's niche. It's not going to be blow up. like. Well, it's not going to blow up, blow up. But it's, I mean... It's like... I, I don't know. I feel like otaku are kind of uh, the opposite side of the, you know, um, the insane clown posse people. Really? I, as far as just a huge, a huge community uh-huh. of eccentric music lovers. Yeah. You know, so... Of course, that and the Japanese music is trying more and more to sync their artists with those songs because that's the only way you can discover these bands in America yeah. at this point is who does the theme song for your favorite anime. No shit. Because it's really it's really hard if you do searches just to find full videos and mm. people are hungry for content and that's why K-pop is taking off more in America is because the the labels there are letting people have their content and fans make you know tributes and things. Like that. Really? Yeah. They're just giving it out and stuff. It's free. You can just download it wherever and shit. Well, like if it pops up on YouTube, they're not squashing it. Like they don't Uh, get a DMC, right? Oh, dude. Yeah. Japan and shit. Yeah. They fucking. Yeah. They're on it. You you can't download anything here that's Japanese and stuff. If you download like any kind of a Hollywood movie here and stuff, I'm not recommending it if you're listening to this in Japan. But if you do, you probably won't get in any trouble. But the only trouble that you hear about people getting in is when they download anything regarding music or movies. Yeah. It's on lockdown here. So like. And people use YouTube in America like a radio station. Yeah. It's like how they find music. Yeah. I think that's one of the main ways that kids are using it. Mm. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of people do that here too, myself included. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great way to find music. Mm. And you go into a little YouTube wormhole. Mm -hmm. It's like I've heard you. you I was watching a movie and then I started watching YouTube. Oh, yeah. That was like a part of your evening. It's not like you just turn on the tube anymore and just... Watch whatever's available. You get to. I wonder what's choose. on Fox. I'm gonna type in explosions on YouTube, and I'm gone for an hour. Mm. Dude, I've done this so many times. Dude, I hope no. Is there any way to research like your fucking like list, like uh, your your search history or something on YouTube? Because fucking, I need to erase that and to kill that cache because I've got some whack. Because I do this show and stuff, and we we do a lot of crime news here. I gotta look shit up and stuff, right? So I'm like looking up like. Like, I don't know, like, no-limbed bank robber kind of shit. It's fucking weird. Yeah, Google has all that. They won't give it back to you, but they definitely are tracking you. Really? Oh, yeah. They, There's so they, many other, like, John Mother. Got him. Oh, they, rela- they release those things every now and then of the most popular search. Like, how do I kill my wife and get away with it? You, you'll find those are being searched. Are you shit. serious? Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I thought it was a movie. Just go incognito if you don't want Google to like be be tracking all your shit. How to kill someone who may appear like my wife but isn't my wife at all and get away with it without using a lawyer. Isn't How, it? Yeah. How to hire a hit person. Hitperson.com. No, I, I meant hip. I misspelled. Spell check fucked me. Yeah. It's all out there. Mm. The dark web is what they call it. They call it the dark web. Isn't there like a new web? Like a new like. Is there a dark web or the there's, black web? Yeah, there's the like 4chan, which may not exist, you know, mm-hmm. anymore. But those kind of yeah, the 4chan was one of those places. I I never really went there. It, it's where people did a lot of revenge porn, which is be, finally becoming outlawed in America. Really, revenge yeah. porn's outlawed. Oh wow. Well, California just passed something, so that and a couple of people have gone to jail for doing revenge porn. Basically, filming like their ex girlfriend or something. Well, taking your taking the films that you guys made or passed around while you're in a relationship, and then people would be cruel. They'd like get all that, post their Facebook, and I went to a site once because I was curious. I'd I've been hearing about it, so and it was like this girl. This is her Facebook page. This is where she works. Here, post on her page and blah blah blah. And it was horrible. Like people people just destroying women for it was total. Total misogyny. It was disgusting. Whoa. And those people should be behind bars. They're, you just can't... It's it, it went beyond just embarrassing somebody with some naked pictures. It went yeah. to like throwing it in front of their family, throwing it in front of their, their their bosses. Ruining people's lives is basically what it's about because these little little boys got their hearts broken or something, you know? This, that's part of life. I know, but that's, that's some of the bad things of the internet. You, I think people... They they learn some of their social cues because they're, it's such a huge community mm-hmm. that you know you have all these people being abusive and they don't know how they if they feel like they're anonymous even though you can track IP addresses they're like bullying that's become mm-hmm. a big thing in America bullying internet bullying internet bullying yeah shit yeah it's horrible maybe that's what we're doing now yeah we're bullying had... a whole bunch of people <laughs> bullying our <laughs> Kelly and Puffy <laughs> we love you Puffy. <laughs> I love Puffy. They were so nice to me. They're so I cute. I asked them if they liked water, and they said yes. So good. <laughs> it's Puffy. I could barely open my mouth the first time I met him. I was just like, oh my god. Oh, dude. That that was insane. I never thought I'd meet Puffy Amiyumi. Oh, dude. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I had no idea how big they were until I came to Japan. I'm like, you know, I'd be like, yeah, I met Puffy. Here's a picture of me and them doing karate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'll show you the picture later. Everybody got one and shit. I, I think yeah, big, I yeah, big ants in the background and shit, like just beating out. Like I have a picture of all of us up in the break room with them. And really? Yeah, I have to dig those out. I have. <laughs> yeah, I met them. The first time was at the LA store because they did a the in store down there first. Oh Hollywood. really? Yeah. Oh no shit. So we went down oh, and worked sense. that. Then I saw them at Spaceland, and that was the show. Oh man, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, they were great fun. They're really cool, good people. Which one do you think is hotter, Puffy or Amiyumi, or Ami or Yumi? Or <laughs> oh, I think Puffy's hotter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, no, okay. actually, I it's apples and oranges. But like, I used to think I was a big Yumi fan, and then after I met them, I be, I switched over to Ami. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Maybe my taste changed. We got really? more refined. I if I you know. If I had the opportunity to date either one of them, anything, am I? no, <laughs> they're both super cute. It's apples and oranges as far as cuteness goes. Okay, all right, I'll take. But that. I started, I started finding Ami a little more attractive. She's the one that had the. She's a brunette, the one with the darker hair. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty attractive. The one that had the. 
she's the one with the eye thing. I remember we couldn't take any flashes and stuff because she didn't like flash or it fucked with her eyes or something. I thought that was Yumi, but... Was that the other one? Oh, dude, I guess it is apples and oranges. I just don't think they like having flash... It's really disorienting to have a million people flash you. Yeah, I... <laughs> Yeah, I can relate. <laughs> Usually, I'm the flasher. <laughs> I uh, walk around in the trench coat, you know? <laughs> yeah, we know. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, but good times, good times. <clears throat> Is any, like, how many, like, people are still working there from the old school and shit? Wait, can we oh. start? We can see their first name, I guess. That's fine. Oh, I don't know. There's, it's not that many. There's uh, David. Dave? S- Suzanne. Suzanne, Tom, okay. Tom, Tony, Tony, uh, Donnell, Donnell, ah, oh, uh, Donnell, yeah, RW, RW, um, Kathy, of course. I, I still, she came in later. I remember life before her, so I feel like she's not like, really. Oh, she's not old school. Cause like she, she's, she's old school at this me. point, but like, <coughs> yeah, she wasn't there when I started working there. Well, so. Is Mike working there? His mom still works in like uh, what you call it. Uh, uh, Los Angeles, right? Oh yeah, Mike. Mike's there. Mike's there. Yeah, Michael's oh, there. Oh shit! Yeah. He's only there. He does accounting now. He's only there a couple times a week. He has other jobs. He's a big wig now. Really? Um, oh, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Mike's great, dude. Oh, dude. Yeah, I tell him. I tell him. I saw you. He'll be excited. Oh, dude. Yeah, I remember. Like he told me when he bought turntables for the first time. He's like, "Yeah, I went to Oakland. I bought turntables." I was like, "Really? You went to Oakland?" He's like, "Yeah, I bought them on the internet and stuff." I met this guy at the parking lot. He had him in the trunk. I was like, what? Oh, yeah. He has lots of crazy stories. I used to <laughs> yeah, play poker with him. Mike. Oh, God. That guy's great. Yeah, uh, you... Ryan is still there. Yeah. And Shade. Lunji. And... Lunji. Audio Lindsay. Void. Audio Void is there. And... Audio Void. You wouldn't do the show with me and shit. Like, fucking, we, we just kept on getting too drunk before the show. We're just like, fuck, I'll do the show tomorrow. And then tomorrow turned into the next and the and next day. never day. came. Yeah. That sounds like an evasive tactic. Evasive tech. No, no, we got really faded and shit. Like we, we <laughs> just get all this al- tactic. We just get all this alcohol together and shit. We just start drinking and shit. And then one thing led to another, and so we're like, "Fuck, let's watch a movie." Yeah. All right, how you doing? You're okay with time? I'm okay with time. Right, um, cool. Aberdeen is still there. Mm. Um, I think that might be close to it. Besides Joe, and... yeah, Marcus isn't there anymore. He's doing like a no, bicycle messenger sh- yeah, shit. Yeah, shit canned him. Um, oh, he got shit canned. Oh yeah. Oh my god. I forget He's... why. His parents are like really good friends with like all the original owners and oh, shit. Oh, seriously? Yeah, that's how he got the job and stuff. And that's how he did nothing while he worked there. <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> he even got a tattoo of like a price gun because he's doing the pricing and shit. <laughs> oh, he was just, yeah. Yeah, he's just upstairs just doing price. Like whenever I had like a free time, I'm like, I, I go on for a cigarette. And I'm like, smoke my cigarette. And I'm like, I still got another five minutes. So I'll go hang out with Marcus. You just be upstairs listening to music and shit. That's the best thing about that job and stuff. As long as everything got done, everybody was cool with it. Yeah. God damn it. Those are the best jobs. I'm going to go back to minimum wage. Actually, no, I'm still at minimum wage. <laughs> I want to do something different for minimum wage. Podcasting, you know, it's really paying the bills these days. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> mm. That's the Fortune 500. Uh, yeah, 500 yen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. So... What are your plans, like, like for the future of like coming to Japan and stuff? Are you going to start like a business here? Are you going to like kind of like bridge something or I don't know. I've something had, or? I don't know. I've had a lot to think about. I I'm at a place in my life where I'm doing more video, mm-hmm. so I might be trying to do produce a friend's music video and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, since 
for me, but now that's what I do is I work on what's in my bag as a mm. producer and director and editor sometimes. Awesome. Like Audio Void does that too. So um, we work together closely doing that kind of stuff. Oh, that's um, gnarly. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm definitely at a crossroads. I think with what I want to do, I might be more interested in doing like experimental video art. Mm-hmm. So, is there any way, like, is there any way anybody can like check out your stuff? I have a Ooh. rudimentary website. If people want to check it out, they'll see some photos and a couple of like my my amoeba videos. GabrielWheeler.com. Spell it. G A B R I E L W H E E L E R dot com. All right. One more time. No, I'm just joking. Uh, just, <laughs> you can cut and paste that over and over again. Cut and paste. I add like some techno music. Wait, is porno like 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 porno music? Is that like the? <laughs> Wait, is porno music? <laughs> yes, porno is music to my ears. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, like modern porno music. Is it techno now? Yeah, I guess so. I don't watch a lot of modern porn, but it's like. You're more of a vintage kind of guy. I'm 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 a total vintage guy. There's all these great labels now putting out 2K scans of awesome 70s Wait, like porn. 70s porn? Oh yeah. Where like like a gu- bunch of guys go bowling and stuff, whatever, and they're like, it, where oh. it's an actual movie. Yeah. It's like an actual like Debbie like they, does Dallas and shit, right? Yeah, like Peaches, Pretty Peaches, Pretty number peaches? one. Yeah, just came out on Blu-ray. Um, it was filmed around San Francisco and in the Paramount in Oakland. And she gets a big enema in that scene. It's pretty really? Crazy. Yeah. Holy shit. Wait, was it Debbie Harry? Not Debbie Harry. <laughs> Debbie Harry. Debbie- I would love to see some Debbie Harry porn in the 70s, by the way. If anybody's got that revenge porn, send it my way. <laughs> Debbie Harry revenge porn. That would be a guess. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. No, no, I meant to say, dude, I'm, I'm fucking hungover, too. We were fucking, we, we were drinking till 4 o'clock in the morning, and um, it's it's a few hours later, so... Oh, we're fucking, I'm running on empty. We're running on fumes. Actually, you know what? I'm fucking filling up the tank with this fucking whiskey. Holy shit. Oh, God, I gotta cancel my fucking job later, dude. I can't do that shit. I, I think I have food poisoning. Sushi. So that's the best thing about Japan. The best thing about Japan is, if you say food poisoning, people are like, oh, it happens. Because fucking people get food poisoning all the time and shit, right? So fucking like if you call them, if you're if you're hungover, you just don't want to go to work, you call and you're like, oh, I got food poisoning. People are like, oh, seriously, huh? yeah, yeah, no problem. Oh, you, you can't play that card too often because they'll, or they'll just think you're a pussy, I guess. Right? Or they're like, dude, <laughs> you're stop eating in the ghetto. <laughs> yeah, stop eating. <laughs> Actually, yeah, stop eating. Stop eating. <laughs> oh man. Hmm. Well, that's pretty cool. Dude, your, your fucking editing's awesome and shit. And it's really cool that you're doing that and stuff. But I just figured, like, since you're here and you've got so many connections and stuff with, like, so many record labels and you just know so many people and stuff, you might be able to bridge something or fucking... I, yeah, I've, I've got food for thought. Definitely, I met a lot of people that mm. I've got a lot to think about when I get back. Um, yeah. It's just that the music business in America is, is a real... It's always been difficult, but now it's an, insane. It's not... If I had resources to throw at that, I, w- I totally would. That, that would be a dream come true. But mm. to like try to struggle by and sell and, you know, like and try to yeah, because it, it's a losing proposition for mm. the, in, until you hit a hit something. So it's more like a hobby for a lot of people at this point. The, the boutique labels, like if I had if I had capital and resources, a backer, sure mm. I'd go to town with it. But mm. that's what it would take for me to do it. You oh, know, I, I, I can't I can't be starting that up right now it's just mm. it's too it's beyond me <laughs> it's beyond you beyond uh, me at this point mm. but you know we'll see how i love working with the music 
that I've worked with over the years because I've been able to make that happen mm-hmm. working with music and video. And so hopefully I can continue mm-hmm. doing that, but we'll see. Who do you think is like the hottest like uh, musician right now in Japan that could be hot overseas? And like, I mean, uh, dude, we got listeners all over the world. When I say all over the world, I mean I'm... all over the fucking place and shit. Like fucking Iceland, fucking like, I'm pretty sure North Korea. If but... they're, they're not in much now, but I think Charisma.com has the goods. That's the name of the band, Charisma.com? Yeah, go check out their videos, Charisma.com. Or mm-hmm. um, Femme, uh, what does it stand for? It's like these mannequin girls. F-E-M-M? Yeah. Check them out on Instagram. They've got a great Instagram feed. F-E-M-M underscore. Find them on Instagram and then start looking for their music. They're awesome. mostly just them acting like mannequins all over Tokyo. Oh, that's it's pretty, pretty cool. sweet. Yeah, I saw them at TIMM. They were amazing. Awesome. Do you listen to any like like underground Japanese music and stuff? Because I mean, that's kind of like what I'm into and stuff. Like the local Tokyo bands. I mean, I love like a lot of the local Tokyo. I'll give you a couple of CDs by the way later and stuff. But um, do you listen to any of that, or is it just mainly, mostly like mainstream kind of stuff, or is it kind of like both ways? Or I, I listen to a lot. I used to listen to a lot more underground Japanese stuff, so I'm not as familiar with the newer bands from mm. the underground scene There's right now. There's so many. There's always, and they, having been listening to Japanese music for so long, they just end, and you're like, ah, oh, sometimes I get sad when some of my favorite bands end, but like mm. Mel Banana is one that's still going, Acid Mother's Temple, um, anything by Seichi Yamamoto, mm. um... I, crazy Ken Band? Crazy Ken Band. I think they're kind of mainstream. Yeah, I love Crazy There's Ken Band. There's this video where the guy's singing and he's holding a girl's buttock and he's yeah, just squeezing Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I, dude, I, I want it. that video. Yeah, he's got his head it. on her cheeks and yeah, shit. It's amazing. Oh, I yeah. love that. Um, that is the best ass. You know that's a dude. That's a dude's ass? No, I'm joking. <laughs> he has a great ass. Um, yeah, that was me, actually, back in the day when I used to shave. <laughs> Nair. Um... But Afri Rampo, they're done. They were one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Zui No Scene, they may still be around. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's endless. I was just doing record shops and I was like, wow, there's so many bands I don't know anymore. I've just kind of kind of been focusing on video a little bit and mm-hmm. not been digging as passionately as I was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But I'm always interested in hearing, when someone turns me on to an amazing band, it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Do you think there's a lot of one-hit wonder? I mean, obviously there are a lot of one-hit wonders, but do you think that might be the issue? Just because like, like so many bands. I mean, dude, fucking uh, my wife has Japanese like like uh, what's called like music videos on and stuff. And it just seems like every month there's another one, and then last month that band is just gone. You know, it just seems like there's it's kind of like the '80s. You know, like like Tears for Fears it's, or fucking there's Black an onslaught. Yeah, they're always throwing stuff at the wall. I don't know. J-pop's like that though. Once you like when you're an outsider looking in, you think it's amazing, and then once you come to Japan, you're like. It's everywhere, and it's kind of mm. oppressing yeah. how, how prevalent it is. And I think there's only, for Westerners anyway, I feel like there's only you know, about 1% that, that you can mm. really, at least that's my opinion about what I like. It's about probably 1%. Mm, 1%. Well, I guess that was with most music, actually. I mean, if you listen to techno, it's the same shit. Yeah, you got to go deep. You, I mean, mm. it's like you don't just listen to techno. You listen to your artists and, yeah. and, or labels or producers. Mm. Um, so I think it's the same, you know, you might find a J-pop track that you like, but it might have to do with the production and mm-hmm. the writing more mm-hmm. than the actual performers. Yeah. It's when all those ingredients can come together and make a hit. Mm. So there's lots of that and there's lots of taste. So mm-hmm. it's like any music. It all sounds the same until it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're right. Huh? Except for black metal. 
Except for country. Oh, or cla- I like everything except classical country. I, I, how many times have you ever heard that one? You know. Uh, I, you know, I. I hear people say that all the time. I did that. Like, you know, I classical and for for me, like okay, reggae, classical, country, and jazz, I, I, it has its place for me. Like if I'm at a restaurant and I hear classical and it's like appropriate for that restaurant or something or cafe or something, I'm like, yeah, it's all right. Or if I can like, I'm in an elevator and I hear some jazz, I'm like, yeah, it's all right. But like, I, I never, <laughs> I never. <laughs> I'm in an elevator club and jazz is playing. Oh come on, we've all been in the elevator and shit. But like, fucking something's playing. You're like, start moving a little to the left, like moving Sade, to the right and smooth shit. Smooth operator. Oh, smooth operator's my jam. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, who hasn't danced in an elevator by yourself, you know? Dancing by myself. But yeah, uh, what was my question? Okay, what is your opinion regarding AKB48 and all the other 48s? They're not as popular as they used to be in, in Japan. I think they've kind of had their peak. I don't, yeah, idol stuff is just brutal. It's, I don't know. They're not, the reason they're popular is because they sell golden tickets to their shows and they have this weird promotion process in Akihabara and their, mm. their little theater there. So I think they're just kind of built in. To when, who knows how many girls have been through that and chewed up and spit out. And, they got a document, well, kind of like a documentary, but they, they spit on the news and shit where like, they're like shaking and freaking out and going through seizures and shit backstage and stuff. Dude, Google that shit. I'll show you some videos later, man. Yeah. It's fucking, you're just like, oh my yeah, God, I, that's I think somebody's a, daughter. <laughs> yeah, I guess they'll... Someone said, though, they'll, I guess it's better than working in a convenience store, and I'm not sure that that's better. Like, putting them through that process of being possibly sexualized at a young age, and then maybe the idea that they'll be a star, and then that taken away, or... Yeah. I don't know, it's... That's one way of looking well, at it. It's just wound like, up in porn. Yeah, like, that started happening early on, I remember. Yeah. No, 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 I mean, some of them, cause like, what I've, like, uh, in previous, like, episodes when we talked about AKB48 and shit, and I fucking, like, uh, researched them to, like, get some photos to put on for the videos and shit like that, I do, I want AKB48, Google is like, AKB48 fucking porno, and I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, and now, yeah, at Tim, there was one group that's, like, a, a it's a, it's an idol group made up of porn stars, like, Marshmallow oh, really? 3D. Marshmallow 3D. Yeah. So they're all porn stars that are now singing and dancing. And then they put them into groups and they perform. I looked them up, so they were performing somewhere in Shinjuku, and I was no. like, "That's all. <laughs> That's really weird." But and I don't wait. think they get naked. I just think they uh, they do their little shitty idol songs. Really? You know, I, I think like with the all porn business. I mean, we all saw that one movie with fucking Dirk Diggler or whatever. Boogie like, Nights. Fuck, yeah. Yeah. Boogie Nights and shit. Like fucking. Once you do porn and shit, the music industry is kind of like the next thing, but it never fucking like happens. Although for Dirk Diggler, if you remember and shit, when he when he was make, making that song, that was the theme song for the Transformers movie. So yeah, Dirk Diggler wrote the Transformers, so he would see is some that, royalties later. You know, is that in real life? Did he actually make that song? No. Is that a real thing? Like, I mean, he's well, like, that, you that gotta was, fight. Well, you that got movie, the power. that movie's all about borrowing, borrowing things from real life. It did that effectively. Like, that whole movie, that documentary, is mm-hmm. based on uh, John Holmes' documentary that really happened. Yeah. Didn't he die of AIDS? <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> I just had to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. And that's not that funny, but somehow it's... He was a real asshole, but... Um, yeah. Cause, so, yeah, there's a good book about John Holmes that I'm, I'm looking forward to reading called A Life Measured in Inches. The John Are you Holmes serious? Story. Yeah. Oh, I have it on my shit. Kindle. Yeah. Oh, dude, all right, I'm gonna have to read that one and shit. Fucking, I'm, I'm so, I gotta read another book, dude. I'm fucking looking for a new book. I'm reading a book right now, it's so fucking depressing. 
All right, so I, I only have a little bit of time here. How much you got? Seven minutes. Can we do this? Seven minutes. Okay. Well, I guess we can't make too many jokes, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta well, be. I gotta be. I've gotta be going soon. You gotta be going soon. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll fucking go through this real quick. Okay, we got three stories here because I've been got video Japan's about two dudes booze Japan in the news, and this is episode number two hundred and fifty-nine. Is it nine? Jesus Christ. Okay, <clears throat> so here you go. You can read this story, and I'll read this story, and then we'll see who reads this story and shit. But here we go. So you, I'm just going to read this here, and then we're going to talk about it? Yeah, sure. Yakuza cancel Halloween trick-or-treat event for kids. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> That's sad. I know. The kids! Uh, so is this Yamaguchi Gumi? What is this? Uh, Japan's oh, they... largest Yakuza crime syndicate has canceled its annual Halloween trick-or-treat event with a groveling apology to children hoping to score a fistful of candies. A recent high-profile high profile split of the powerful Yamaguchi Gumi is behind the cancellation, with mobsters fearing that a gang conflict could put their pint-sized guests at risk, Yakuza experts said on Thursday. The group from the western city of Kobe traditionally holds a variety of community events, including a rice cake-making festival, and have previously invited neighborhood children to Halloween parties where they hand out bags of sweets. However... A notice posted on their office gate explained that the heavily tattooed gangsters will pull the plug on this year's trick-or-treating. The Sanke newspaper reported without clarifying why. The Halloween event has taken place annually on October 31st. Oh, here's what they said. The Halloween event that has taken place annually on October 31st will be canceled this year due to various reasons. The notice read, We regret disappointing parents and children looking forward to the event, but we promise to resume it next year. The Yamaguchi Gumi was rocked by internal strife last month following the defection of several top leaders who formed their own splinter group. The split prompted police warnings of a possible repeat of the 80s gangland bloodbath with a series of raids and arrests made sense. A photo apparently taken last year was posted on Twitter showing Yakuza members sitting in the tables of the group's garage where they had colorfully decorated bags of sweets ready for children in fancy dress. The Yamaguchi Gumi has split and its and his intense relations with the splinter group at Sushi Mizuguchi a freelance writer and expert on the clandestine world told the AFP. If they gather the neighborhood children and the incident occurs, the boss would be pursued for responsibility. So Japan, Yakuza used to host a variety of community events such as summer festivals, but they have been forced to scale down such activities because of decreasing social tolerance of mobsters, added Mizuguchi. Tomohiko Suzuki, another freelance writer who covers organized crime, said he was last year's tricker he was at last year's trick-or-treating event organized by the Yamaguchi Kumi. There was almost no media attention last year, he said, but it would create havoc this year. You know, that's kind of sad because, I mean, when I hear that, I'm just thinking of, like, the last five minutes of the movie Casino. Basically, all the mobsters move on and shit, and the, the, the corporations come in and fucking take over, and it just winds up being a bunch of bullshit. Sheldon Adelson, yeah. Yeah. Do you think, like, gangsters, when they dress up and shit, they kind of, like, cover up their tattoos, and then they fucking put on different tattoos, so they're like, today, I'm Saito-san, you know? So he's, like, a different Yakuza ganger, you know? Like, he covers up his dragon and puts on, like, a fucking angel or something. <laughs> <laughs> they all switch, like, like tattoos. I think they just put on wings. Wings? If they want to be an angel, you know, over their, like, under their suit. Oh, I think, like, wing tattoos. I was like, whoa, man. <laughs> That's spiritual. <clears throat> okay, next story. Three men and a little baby. No, I'm sorry. Three men arrested for confining and forcing a 16-year-old girl into prostitution. That happens. 
Okay, in Tokyo, October 21st, police in uh, Tokyo have arrested three men on suspicion of confining a 16-year-old girl in an apartment and forcing her into prostitution. The three suspects, including Ayomi uh, Mirorita, 20 years old, a resident of Tokyo's Itabashi Ward, are suspected of forcing a girl into prostitution at hotels in Tokyo's Fuji TV reported Tuesday. They will also be charged with violating a Child Welfare Act. I wonder how many, shouldn't there be a couple acts? <laughs> Just one, they're like, we're going to give them prostitution, but we'll let them off on kidnapping. <laughs> oh, <dude>. Okay, <laughs> the, the trio confined the girl who is from Saitama Prefecture, that's Saitama, at uh, Mirote's uh, apartment from August 28th to October 25th. Holy shit, that's a lot of prostitution. Uh, police said Marita and the other two men met the girl through their friends and began living together. After the suspects took away her smartphone and insurance card, they started to find, quote, quote, customers through online dating sites and forced the girl into prostitution at hotels in Tokyo for uh, 20,000 yen, roughly $200, per session with at least 60 men over the age of 40. Ugh. 60 dudes, man. Holy shit. 16 years old. Oh my God. She's fucking broken forever. The girl yeah. received 1,000 yen per customer. Oh, dude. So she only got like 60 bucks. Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's so fucked that's, up. Oh, that's dark. This is dark. This podcast is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm the owner. Uh, The three suspects have denied they forced the girl into prostitution and said uh, she is accusing them for her own reasons. The girl was quoted by police as saying that Morita threatened to bury her in concrete if she tried to escape. Bury somebody in concrete? These guys are hardcore. They are, for 20-year-old fucking hoodlums and shit, they are pretty hardcore. Holy Mm -hmm. shit, 60 dudes in like, what, was that one week? 60 wait wait the 20th no, that, to the 5th that's, that's like, like a whole like, month wait august tw- oh oh shit august 25th oh okay well i guess it's not that little dude i mean have, have i been laid 60 times no yeah how, <laughs> how would you like to have a few dudes just fuck you all all month it's like going to jail it's like going to prison for the <laughs> weekend <you> just get- <laughs> dude come on i mean we're, we're good looking guys we consider currency there <laughs> hey johnny nichols i'm like oh god don't call me nichols <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh Better man knuckles oh johnny knuckles johnny knuckle oh yeah that would be bad if you figured it out i was like yeah i'm a tough no and it's a different meaning oh god damn it okay well hopefully she gets <laughs> oh that's horrible okay next story so, so so we start off late and we go dark and we end dark again here you go all right <clears throat> 70 year old man held for threatening woman in her 20s who rebuffed his marriage proposal. It's not too bad. It's pretty good. It's a lot better than 60 dudes. (laughs) Police in Tokyo have arrested a 78-year-old man for threatening to kill a woman in her 20s after she handed him back a letter in which he proposed marriage to her. According to police, a suspect, Noburu Ishizaka, was a regular customer at the coffee shop where where the woman worked, TV Asahi reported. Police said the incident occurred on October 15th on a street in the Setagaya ward. Ishizaka approached the woman and handed her a letter, which he said contained a marriage proposal. The woman told police she handed the letter back to Ishizaka without reading it, and he became indignant and threatened to kill her. Ishizaka was quoted by police saying he thought the woman really liked him, but said she, but said he just lost his temper and said a stupid thing. 
Mm. Yeah, you should probably get to know someone before you ask them to marry them, at least, you know? And maybe not do it on a letter. A ring on a knee with a box. I think, think? email is the more appropriate way to go, because then they're kind of forced to read it. At least a text. Yeah, right? Oh, man. Write it on their Facebook message. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Will you marry... Then again, I mean, fucking... I mean, it's your job to be nice when you work at a cafe. You know, look at Starbucks. You know, like, oh my God, that girl really likes me when she gives me the latte. Yeah, your bartenders all love you. So you love all your customers as a bartender, right? When you're you're just like putting on the charm. Dude, if they tip me, I say yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I wasn't married. <laughs> That's insane. So wait, have you ever been in any of these situations before? Yeah, all of them. All of them? Yeah. Oh God, yeah, that's sixties. That's a tough number, dude. And this is a round number too. It's sixty. It wasn't sixty-one or fifty-nine. I think they stopped. They're like, okay, we're gonna stop you at sixty. I, yeah, I wasn't clear if they were stopped or if uh, the police just broke in. I don't know how they got caught. Sixty men over forty days. This is what it says. Well, I thought it was like forty years old. Sixty de- dudes. Oh, over forty days. Yeah, I guess it is about a month. Damn, so what is that? Is that like two dudes a Wait, wait, so 40 days, 60, that's like two and a half guys a month, or a day, right? Yeah. Damn, dude. That sucks. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah, that is basically prison rape, pretty much. Oh, God. That's just disgusting. That is fucked up. Yeah, this this podcast is horrible. I, well, I hope, I hope those dudes get the taste of their own medicine. I hope they get... No, actually, 40 men in three days. To be honest and shit, in Japan and stuff, it's mostly solitary confinement. You're pretty much, uh, if you do go to prison, you're in a cell about the size of my bathroom for pretty much, was it 90% of the day? And then they let you on and you got to march in a circle with all the other inmates and stuff where they're saying, each knee sanshi, each knee sanshi. And you do that. Or if you're in a special program, you build boxes. Well, like you, you fold cardboard boxes and stuff. And you're basically part of like a, a whatchamacallit, a factory. You just fold, 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 pad, fold, 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 pass, or whatever, something like that, or whatever. But yeah, it's solitary confinement. I guess it really fucks with their heads and shit. When yeah, people, that's horrible. yeah, it's really messed up. Yeah, actually, we just talked about that. Yeah, last we were talking about that too. Oh, for some shit, reason. yeah, they came we back. Cover yeah. all the bases. Huh? Yeah, yeah, we covered a lot of the shit. Well, you got to go and I gotta get you gotta out go of here, everybody. Show. Dude, Gabe, thank you very much for thanks being for on the show. Thanks for having me. This is a rad podcast. Oh, thanks, man. Tell all your friends, but oh, don't yeah. tell my don't tell our mutual friends. Yeah, but don't tell anybody I'm on it. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally, I totally won't. <laughs> or you'll get the sixty dudes. <laughs> no, no, just joking. I'll kidnap you for twenty days. <laughs> no, well, they did call me currency in prison. <laughs> all right, man, thank you so much. All right, awesome. All right, the time well, and uh, faders. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, we do have T-shirts and a whole lot of merch available and stuff. Go down to the show notes and check that out and stuff. We'll have a link down there. Please buy a shirt. Christmas is coming up in about two months. And you know what? There's nothing warmer than a Got Fitted Japan shirt if you're going outside. So if I can pick one up, pick up a poster, pick up a... We got mugs. We got coffee cups, which are basically the same thing and shit. Dude, we don't have pint glasses. And if anybody has any connection to uh, Got Fitted Japan pint glasses or where we can like print stuff on pint glasses or even shot glasses... That would be fantastic. Go to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Google Got Fitted Japan. We're on iTunes, Vimeo, and all that shit. And uh, thank you very much for tuning in. And uh, maybe there's a B-side with uh, Maddie B. I'm not sure how this is going to unfold and stuff. We're just kind of shooting from the cuff. And we'll see you next week. Happy Halloween, fitters. Peace. 
When I want to save money and drink better beer, I go down to Mitsuya Liquors in Tokyo, Minami Asagaya. Why? They got over 300 types of beer from across the world and from around Japan. They got IPAs, pale ales, pilsners. It's a beautiful thing. And if you want something else, they got it. They got a fine selection of Napa Valley wines, Japanese sake, and shochu. And you can take all those puppies into the back and drink them there, which means that you're saving money by drinking at liquor store prices in a social environment. So fade on and save. Mitsuya Liquors in Minami Asagaya. Yo, what's up, Faders? Got Faded Japan has got a new sponsor. Our new sponsor is Gamuso Bar, located in Asagaya, Tokyo. If you're kicking it in Tokyo and you want to get your groove on, get your fade on, you better get your ass down to Gamuso. Gamuso is located in Asagaya. It's about 11 minutes from Shinjuku Station on the Chuo Line. Gamuso has weekly bands, weekly performances. And hell, if you got your own event and you want to hold it at Gamuso, we'd love to host you. So contact Gamuso at www.gamuso.com That's www.gamuso.com That's right, Gamuso has not only beers in the bottle, but beers on tap. We've got every drink you want, so come on down to Gamuso. Gamuso, and if I'm working, tip me. Hey, yo, what's up, baiters? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. And I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks. But if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Proper. All right, everyone. Let's get this done. I am your host, Matty B, for the first half of this week's episode of Got Faded Japan. Usually, it should be about two dudes, booze, Japan, and the news. However, because of conflicting schedules, Johnny and I cannot get together to deliver the usual round of mayhem. However, I have been enjoying a few couple of drinks, and we are nearing Halloween in Japan, and... When I first moved here to Japan nine years ago, Halloween was considered stupid. And everyone I talked to said, Halloween in Japan? Never. Yet one week before Halloween, you can hear them now. This family I'm walking next to are dressed like little angels. There's a bunch of little kids dressed like little angels, super happy as fuck, with their little Halloween buckets. So happy to be part of Halloween. So change can happen. Change does happen. Oh yeah, and Halloween is right upon us. Well then, so where have I been? I've been at our sponsors. 
Sam's uh, Mitzia Liquor in Minamiasagaya. What have I been doing there? I had some beers. I just came uh, out of there. Oh, and I met my friend uh, Darren. He's like totally and you know, he's a brother. He's one of those guys where you're just like, that's the guy. We laughed our fucking balls off. And I'm in a great fucking mood. I'm in a great fucking mood. I am in an amazing mood. I don't know even know why. It could be because uh, the old... Last night, I played a killer show with the Dead Sea Dropouts, the uh, Klezmer Band, Tokyo's Klezmer Band. And we played at this place called uh, Cheshmesh in um, Sasazuka, which is near Shinjuku. It's kind of near Shinjuku, Shibuya, but it's kind of like a little hippie place. They got, uh, it's like a small space, but they got like old Middle Eastern lamps hanging around. They position them on the tatami mats. Um, And it's a nice space and it's chill. There's a the thing about playing like because okay the Dead Sea Dropouts this is a klezmer band and klezmer music comes from Eastern European Judaism and uh, you know Ukraine and some a little Turkish as well so yeah kind of music and that's what we play so we were doing that last night on a little tata- oh there's Dave the journalist the sports journalist. I, I won't. I won't interrupt him. I just saw a friend walk by. So I'm I'm deep into Western Tokyo, so I just frequently see people I know. But for the podcast, I won't interrupt him. What was I talking about? Yes, last night's show. So the first guy, he had. It was a Japanese guy, and he was playing a flute, um, like a, like a Japanese flute. So he was sitting in this like very natural Japanese room. He had a flute, and he was playing the flute to a series of uh, images he took on his camera of the Japanese wilderness. So it was a little bit meditative. Then the second girl comes on, and she was playing a shamisen, which is like a Japanese three-string banjo, essentially. But she had put it through a distortion pedal. And she was not very good at playing the shamisen. But she was extremely good at singing. She blew my fucking mind. And then the Dead Sea Dropouts came on and kind of fucking killed it. I wasn't necessarily totally impressed with the way I played, but Slay Factor High. Slay Factor High. We did good. We did good. We had a good time. All right, that aside, big announcement, everyone. The Goth Faded Japan podcast is proud to announce a giveaway. And the giveaway is stationery. <laughs> what kind of stationery? It's stationery, it's, star, it's Japanese-themed Star Wars stationery. I'm talking about like notebooks with like Boba Fett and Darth Vader and and Yoda on the cover for your note taking principles. Um, we're also talking about uh, 3D uh, notepads 
well, I think one's a C-3PO and another's a Stormtrooper. So on the cover of the notepad, it's like a 3D version of uh, Star Wars characters. In addition, we also have sticky notes, um, which, whoa, sorry, that's, a, that's someone closing their shop. I'm walking down the streets. So sticky notes. It's like super cutified, made in Japan, um, stationery. What else? There's also some uh, bags for your uh, like, uh, stationary bags. I was basically walking through a, um, a, a department store and I saw all of this stationery with Japanese style Star Wars themed characters on it. And I thought, hey, sometimes when we post stuff like Star Wars type stuff, Type stuff on the uh, the Facebook page, people really like it. So uh, we're giving it away, folks. We're giving it to you. Cause from what I can tell, most of y'all are pretty fucking cool. We've had some people come visit us each and every time. High class people, sweet fucking people. So that's what we're doing. Oh shit, where am I? All right, rules to enter. One, um, send us a message on Facebook. Send us a Facebook message as why, uh, why do you listen to this show? Because that's one of the things I'm very curious about. Why do people listen to the show? And when you send us your message, please include, if you can, somewhere on the internet, like the hashtag got faded japan star wars stationary giveaway um that's the worst hashtag in the world i know i'm not very interested in hashtags but people use them so there we go so once again that's the oh jesus the got faded japan japanese star wars stationary giveaway I think that's it. You can go up onto the Facebook site right now and check it out because it's there. You can see all of the different types of stationery and we will send it if you win. If you give us like a cool reason or um, a heartfelt reason as to why you listen to the show, we'll send it to you wherever you live in the world. We'll send it to you on us. It's, it's our giveaway to you uh, just to say, hey guys, we appreciate it. And I also know the fact that, you know, it's like, we'll send it to you in the original packaging as well. Because that's what we do from time to time. Alright, so, once again, Star Wars stationery giveaway uh, from Japan and its original packaging sent to you. If you're interested, send us a message. Huh. Alright. So, I've already drank my picks of the week. Um, I had something called, well, this week's pick of the week is the Indian, the India Golden Ale. That's what it's called. And it's a double India Pale Ale. 8.1% in alcohol. I have to say, I very much recommend it. All I know is I'll be giving positive reviews. Last week I gave a chub and a half to the Scott 
what was it, the, uh, what, the Pete, something Petey something or another? Where the fuck am I? What the hell is going on here? Uh, I was hoping to get underneath a tunnel and then to rant under the tunnel. Oh, okay. All right, I got it, I got it. So the, the pick of the week was the Double India Pale Ale. The India Golden Ale. This motherfucker. Let me tell you. Oh, are they preventing me from going down this road? Oh, no, they're not. Ah! All right, I can go down the road. I saw some pylons, and I thought it was like, don't go here. But it was just like, go another direction. So how does this... India Golden Nail do. I think it does very well. It's an 8.1%. Um, the hand-drawn logo is great. Actually, it has a whole bunch of... Ladies' suitcase. It has a whole bunch of uh, hand-drawn or hand-painted um, images of the ingredients that have gone into the ale. So you can kind of see the recipe in a visual format on the label itself. I would say that it is, it has a smooth finish. It's a little bit sweet and also a little bit bitter. But given the fact that it's 8.1%, it doesn't have that much of an alcoholic taste. And you can definitely take your time with this kind of beer. I didn't really... Sometimes I drink a beer and I'm like, Oh yeah, this beer is great. And I drink it as fast as possible. I'm like, ah, get me three more. This one I felt like a little sip. That was good. Have a little chat. Have another little sip. Have another little chat. So it's like a chatting beer, you know? Good for uh, maybe round one around the campfire. Or if you're uh, with some other beer-loving folks and you whip this one out, you're like, hey, guys, have you ever heard of this one? It's called the India Golden Ale. It's a double IPA. Nothing wrong with that. If you're with your friends, maybe they'll know about it. If they do, they know you're people. And if they don't, they're ready to be converted. <laughs> All right. Oh, Jesus. All right. So I was... Uh, as I mentioned before, I was going to rehearse in. Um, I, was going to, I was going to play in Sasazuka, and I ran into another band on my way to the show, and they're called Eno Head. They're a nice band, like a folk band in Tokyo, and I think I like folk musicians. They're a little bit more insane uh, than rock and roll. Rock and roll's all good. It's a little bit more egotistical, uh, but the folk music, I mean, that's, that's where you get crazy. So I was at uh, hosting this open mic, and there's this guy who comes, and like, I try to make it like a, I'm hoping to make it like a, a comedy open mic, as well as a uh, acoustic musician's open mic. But there's this one guy that comes, and he's neither which makes him both in a way. He has created by himself a program on a computer 
that lets him turn his keyboard into a uh, a piano. And you know how you have those directional um, buttons, like the up, down, right, left? He puts tape over the side. Okay, now I'm underneath the, uh, the tracks here. I'm in Anime Village. Um, but he puts tape up and down the sides. His, he's like this engineer, this Japanese engineer. And he strums the keyboard like a guitar to create rather non-agreeable rhythms. <laughs> it's not very good. The programming is good because he sets up his computer and then he connects his Wi-Fi to a keyboard or whatever, Bluetooth, and then he uses his keyboard as a piano and a strumming guitar. Um, but the thing is, is that like it always takes like 10 minutes to set up and it hardly ever works. I don't know what to do about it. I have no idea what to do about it. <laughs> All right. Oh my God. There was an earthquake today. I was sitting in my house on my tatami mats and the earth, earth, the earth started to shake. That happens and I hate it, but I always associate it with the grand earthquake of 2011, 311, when that tsunami fucking just ate a whole chunk of Japan, like this giant tongue just going <laughs> licking up a bunch of Japanese if it was a horse at a salt lick, you know? That's what happened. 15,000 people, one horse salt lick. Gone. That's a train right there. I'm underneath the tracks between Asagaya and Koenji right now. Um, so every time I hear earth, I, I feel an earthquake. I wonder if it's just my like false reaction to an earthquake, or there's an actual earthquake happening, right? So I'm always like, oh my god, the earth is shaking, or maybe it's just me, right? Or maybe I'm just like not thinking straight. So the way to check to see if there's an earthquake is to look at your coat hangers or something hanging off of a, a railing. And if that starts shaking, you know you're sane. And if it doesn't start shaking, go see a shrink or contact your local Got Faded Japan affiliate. Johnny or me, we'll sort you out. We'll be like, dude, have a beer, shut the fuck up, and earthquakes are the bomb. Actually, I fucking hate earthquakes. When, I, when that uh, giant earthquake happened, I was like, okay, there's an earthquake, and it just sucked up 15,000 people. And then a nuclear power plant exploded. And then the winds started sending all of that nuclear fucking fallout our way. Uh, it sucked. So I ran away from Tokyo. I went down to Osaka. And there was just like thousands. And everyone I met was not from Osaka. Everyone was running away uh, from Tokyo. Because we didn't know if, if, if there was a nuclear power plant that was going to explode. 
like 10 times worse than Chernobyl. And of, one weird thing that happened was like, like a lot of uh, Chinese and uh, French people and other nationalities left Japan and they were criticized by Japanese people. It's like saying they ran away. But I mean, if you're teaching at a school in a place that gets hit by a tsunami and then has a nuclear reactor exploding nearby and all your students have been washed away and you're in, under the threat of nuclear disaster, doesn't it make sense to be like, all right, guys, I'm in a country that's never going to allow me to vote. Give me any fucking rights. I'm out. It's like they called them because fly gin, like guy gin, but fly gin, fly away foreigners. Fly the fuck away. That's what I say. But even to this day, when I hear an earthquake, I'm just like, oh, here we go again. Because when that earthquake happened in 2011, it scared the shit out of me. And it wasn't just one earthquake. Like, it was like eight, ten earthquakes a day for a month. So it was like in one month, you have like 300 earthquakes rattling your home. And like, okay, I'm going to stick it out for Japan as a foreigner, which doesn't allow foreigners any rights. Yeah, right. Get the fuck out. I just left for a few days and I came back when I realized that shit wasn't going to hit like the super shit fan. That was my choice. Why did I do? Well, okay. Well, there we go. That's the earthquake. Next up, rushing. People and their fucking rushing. People rush. Why do they rush? Because they think they're busy. So when I was a student, up until grade 12, I lived with the Monday to Friday lifestyle. And then when I became an adult, no, not an adult, a university student, I was going to university, of course, like I just said, sorry guys, but I would try to like compact all of my classes into like a two-day period. So like, Tuesday and Wednesday I would have class, but every other day I would have free, right? So that I could do my studies and then do my art. Playing music, writing, songs, or whatever. So that was that. And then you flash forward from the age of 18 to the age of 35. And now I'm suddenly again, for the first time since I've been like a high school student and did like this nine to five Monday to Friday mentality and now I finally get it I finally get why Friday is so fucking cool because you're released from the cage once you leave the office it feels like you're running like the, the entire city the entire world is your playground like you've just listened and you've just done all this shit you really don't want to do and now they say, all right, go. Go where? Anywhere you want. You're like, woo! Yeah! And you go. And you do it. <laughs> My reaction was to just walk. Because walking is the best. So I walked and I walked and I fucking walked. 
and everyone I was walking past, because I was walking in the opposite, uh, the opposite direction of the way people were going, it felt like that scene in The Matrix where um, they have the girl in the red dress, right? And the uh, guy's walking down the street, and just all these suits are bumping into him. Dom, 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 dom. Gets hit all the fucking time. And eventually, he sees that guy, girl in the red dress. He's like, holy shit, who the fuck is that? But my experience is like, the red dress just, it happens occasionally. And then you're like, oh, red dress. <sighs> Give me that <sighs> But for the most time, you're just like, stop bumping into me. Um, but that freedom, the freedom, the feeling of freedom on a Friday. You're like, yeah, I'm free. <laughs> and you can do whatever the fuck you want. I walked from Shiodomek to Shinjuku, and I had a couple of drinks on the way, because that's what I do with my freedom. I don't know what you do with yours. Sorry. Hold on a second. Sorry, one second. And we're back. One thing about living in a foreign country for a long time is that as a minority, you begin to realize certain things, or you or certain things aren't even considered on your behalf. Um, for example, I've been in Japan for nine years, and I have never seen an advertisement directed at me. Never. Uh, maybe once or twice, like study Japanese here, study Japanese there, or... But for the most part, everything you see, all the posters on the walls, all in the trains, um, all the advertisement, on television, on the internet, none of it is directed at you. No one expects you to be their customer. No one thinks that you are going to be the one walking through the door. I have to piss. Hold on. Sorry. So there we go. So everyone's always surprised because they're just like, well, you're not the target audience. Why are you coming through the door? Uh, whoa. The lights of Koenji, folks. The lights of Koenji. The lights of Koenji. Uh, talking about rushing, Halloween, Friday week. All right, this is my, uh, maybe one of my last points. No, I got a few more. I got a few more, folks. I'm very curious as to who listens to the podcast in China. Because our number's in China. And I'm not meaning to brag. I'm just saying as a fact. I don't give a shit. But I'm, I hope people like it. Anyways... Who, what type of Chinese person listens to the podcast? Because I have several stereotypes uh, that have been put into my brain by movies, uh, by other Chinese people or representatives who make certain proclamations. And so I wonder, who is it? Last week I made a reference to maybe the, uh, the guy who has like 80 ducks on his, on his scooter. But there also could be like, like the new elite Chinese type of folk, like the, the guys with like the big cigars. I don't know. Maybe it's like a, a group of women 
who just don't like Japan and they like to hear the crazy-ass fucking news coming out of Japan. Or maybe it's a bunch of bored Chinese spies. These guys who have been employed uh, for their computer skills by the Chinese, we'll call it a government, to monitor worldwide events. And through the podcasting system, people can access information a lot more easily. And then they, so as a result, Gafe to Japan with all of its fucking crazy ass Japanese stories attracts the policy decision making spy network of the Chinese government. Is that insane? It sounds so crazy. But it could just be like there's like it's such like a segmented part of China that just like all these and then if you if you have the time, then why not? Yeah, as a spy, I have nothing better to do. I'm just eavesdropping. Why not listen to these two fucking lunatics go off their fucking balls? So if that's the case, China, shush, 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 motherfucking shush. We're glad, we're glad to have you. Sorry, some guy. I was saying shush, and some guy turned around and looked at me. <laughs> he gave me like a scowl. What the fuck are you talking about? But I, I say shit, shit. If there's a, the old Chinese spy contingent in on this, then I'm sorry to bust your fucking cover, but we welcome you. Oh, my God. I'm going to take another quick break, folks. Oh, yeah. Quick break. We're going off record, folks. We're going to listen to a street musician. He is playing a blue guitar with its own speaker, and he's dressed in a red costume with a fireman with yellow stripes on the side, and we'll just take a quick slow drop by, maybe you'll hear him as we go past, because uh, it's important to realize a few different things, because if we think about what is important here, and we have the pick of the week, as well as the earthquake and the rushing. I'm just kind of killing time, hoping he'll do something. No, he didn't do anything interesting. That was that. I'll be back in a second. Maybe he's being interesting. I don't know. Back in a minute. Alright, I'm back. I'm in Koenji. And while people are very, uh, in Japan, quite excited to accept you as a guest. Oh, sorry, that's probably some wind there. Okay, I'm gonna walk by some blowjob bars <laughs> right outside of uh, Koenji Station. So, outside of Coenzi Station, there's some, like, blowjob bars, and I'm not sure if foreign, I don't really, I don't really, they're not my thing, but, like, the, the names of the places are very funny. Uh, Max, the Hustle Hustle, Hustle Hustle is one of the names, I think, and what's the other one? Yeah, that's one, Hustle Hustle. What's the other? There's some other names. This one is, I think it might be Two Branches. 
Banira. Vanilla is the name of another one. And Angere Kuribu, Heaven. So you can hear the music. That's the type of the music they play at the old blowjob bars in KoNG. <laughs> and of course, the guys that operate the bars don't look at me at all. They actually hiss sometimes when I walk by. Not because I have a reputation, just because I'm white. Um, so there you go. And you go downstairs and you get blowjobs there if you're, ja if you're a Japanese man. Anyone else, good, good luck. That's just weird that there's like three blowjob bars. I know they're blowjob bars because they're called pink salons. And if, because like, I walked by them and I was like, pink salon, what's that? So I looked it up on Google, of course. Uh, oh, blowjob bar. <laughs> Craziness, man. Blowjob. And they're right across the street from McDonald's. <laughs> Right across the fucking street from McDonald's. Oh lordy. Oh lordy. Oh lordy. Well then. Anything else to say? I'm not sure. I had a couple of other points. I'm not sure if they make a lot of relevance right now though. But uh... Sometimes uh... People get into their own rules a little bit too much. And when that happens, eh, people can become misers, so, I don't know, hang out with other people. Hopefully, uh, Johnny has some B-sides this week. If not, then I hope everyone checks out the Facebook page to see the details about the old Star Wars stationary giveaway. I mean, I don't know. <coughs> It's a chance to get something maybe you could never even get. And if you're in, Ch if you're from China and you're coming to Japan, contact us. We understand basic English. Give us a shout. And if you're from anywhere else in the world, do the same. It doesn't matter if you're from China, Singapore, what's the, what's another Hungary, South Africa. Mimimbi. Peace. Check your eyes out next week. Until then, keep it real, motherfuckers. My own brother, a goddamn shit sucking vampire. Will you wait till mom finds out, buddy? I've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. How the pressure! I can't take it! <laughs> I can't stand it! I can't stand it! You sure I should use, man? We're going freaky! We came, we saw, we kicked his ass! Your move, creep. Oh, man. I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up repugnant shit. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.